What's up, buddy? I'm going live on my podcast. I'm going to be back. James Krause. James Krause. James Krause. James Krause. Thank you. Bye. Uh, live. Bam. 20 seconds in. Answering phone calls. How disrespectful can you be? Uh... Let me try to figure out this situation really quick. Are we on? Are we live? We are, but it's my show. We do what we do. What I want. I just need to figure out my. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, notice James Krause in his natural environment, preparing for a podcast—a behind-the-scenes look. All right. At a UFC fighting and coaching legend, as he prepares his hair. Oh man, I just gotta practice. I'm hurt. My back hurts. My hair's jacked. Let's rock it. How's your sack? How's your scrotum? It's it's good. My back, not my sack. Buddy, buddy, I I know, but I'm just checking the vitals. Just checking the vitals. We're good. J- James, I want to put your correct um Instagram account in here. Is it just at James Krause? The James Krause. The oh god, I love it. I love it. Ah, <sighs> buddy, I'm hurt. God bless. <laughs> I'm just staring. I'm just I'm just in awe. Just a, I'm just in awe. I'm just a simple man trying to get a podcast off the ground and, and, and suckering fucking busy overachievers like you into my into my world. We good. What did you do this morning? By the way, I'm Sevon. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, what did you do this morning? Uh, just some MMA stuff, uh, striking and takedowns, some transitional stuff. Because... If you don't fight this year, it'll be the first time you haven't fought at least once a year since 2000. Uh-oh, my notes looking complete. Well, I looked last night, 2007? Yeah. Yeah, are you going to get a fight this year? Probably not. Oh, and are you okay with breaking the streak? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm I'm kind of at a point now where uh, coaching is taking a lot, a lot of my time. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really – even if I never fought again, I would be good with it. I know. I hear you saying that last night. I'm just watching video after video after video. By the way, there is a three-part series on James Krause. Um, it's three short videos. Uh, is it called The Fight Game 1, 2, and 3? What is that? It was just released in August. Yeah. Uh, it, what, what Do you remember the name of it? I think it's called The – I think it is The Fight Game. And if you uh, just type in James Krause into YouTube when you search, you'll see this three-part series. I, I, whether you're a fight fan or not, you have to see this. It's beautifully shot. It's great insight into just um, into just humans. Uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And in, in in there and in other videos, you say that you say that hey, like your whole deal is is now like you you never wanted to be a champion necessarily yourself, but you want to have a chance. You want to have champions in your stable. And I was, I was I was like, do I believe them? Do I believe them? Like, or 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 do you, or do you have to say that like as a psychological exit strategy? I know you're like I don't give a fuck what you believe. No, you <laughs> go back, go back, find and find me an interview where I've ever said that I wanted to be a champion. You won't find one. I've never said that. I've never, honestly, I've never given a shit. Uh, for me, for me, I said this from the get go. Fighting was not. It was never how. It, fighting to me was. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, fighting. No, do it, do it. Fun. I get it. It's just a platform, man. Like I enjoy it. I enjoy competing, but like I've always said, like I won't. Uh, that's not the thing for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm gonna do something different, and uh, I've used it to 
there's three things that I wanted to have. And if you listen to enough interviews, you've probably heard this as well. There's three things that I wanted to have at the end of this, at, at the end of me competing as a fighter, as an athlete. There's one is I wanted, uh, I wanted to go out on a win. Two is I wanted to go out on my terms, not the UFCs. You know, like I see too many guys that are like UFC kind of has to nudge them and be like, Hey man, like you lost three in a row. You don't have any more. Let's, let's part ways. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to leave on my terms, not somebody else's. And then last but not least is I just wanted to create some financial security from, from being an athlete. And I've done all three of those things. If I quit right now, all three of those things are accomplished. Uh, I don't need to fight anymore. Um, you know, my bills are paid. I'm going out. I, I, I won my last fight and I would pick my own term. So if I never fought again, I would be good with it. This um, blue, blue uh, sex machine you drive. Um, what is that? Oh, I just sold it. Oh, what you you did? Yeah. Um, why did you sell it? And, and this is tied to the fact of not what kind of car you drive, but being financially responsible is where I'm headed. Yeah, so I sold it because. Uh, well, the real answer is somebody offered me thirty grand more than I paid for it. It's it's crazy you say that. I have a friend who was just trying to buy a Porsche. I don't know what kind it was, but it was two hundred twenty thousand dollars. He went to the to the Porsche dealership in Scottsdale. He put the money down. Six months later, they still didn't have it for him, so he bought a used one in Florida for two seventy. I'm like, what the? Is is it something like that? Like you had something? Yeah, I uh, I don't buy cars. Uh, so I, I'm part owner in a car dealership as well. Uh, so I don't buy cars to. Uh, I buy cars that are really cool, that hold value that I can drive for free for six months to a year, and I sell them for what I paid for them or more. Um, eighteen and one in your first nineteen fights—is that correct? Amateur, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 ama- That's amazing. Did you fight as a kid? Like, how did you know you were a good fighter? No, I did not. I don't come from. I'm a competitor. I'm not a fighter. Like, I'm not a. I think I've evolved into a fighter but I wasn't a, a fighter starting out. Like I didn't get into a bunch of fights as a kid or anything like that. I just really enjoyed the sport. I enjoyed the, the physicality mixed with the the mental behind it. Like you can outsmart people. You could, you know, I'm really good at adapting. And, uh, I've always been good. I've always been that guy that like got the weird awards, like the hustle award. And I got a couple of team MVPs and stuff like that, but I never, uh, like I was good across the board. And I think if you're good across the board in this sport, you can be a really good fighter. And uh, that's, that's what kind of drew it to me is you can out athlete people, you can outsmart people. And uh, the sizes are the same because coming up in high school, I was small. I was really small. I, I graduated at five foot eight. I think I'm six, two now. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, you say, you said that in, in one of your interviews, you said, Hey, you can be B minus at everything and, and, and you know, and, and be the best. And it's interesting you say that because, um, in, where I come from the world, I come from, I, I was an executive over at CrossFit Inc. I worked there for 15 years from when it started to like, it's heyday. I ran the media department there, ESPN, all that shit. Yeah. So, um, in, in CrossFit, you never have to, you never have to win an event. You take fifth place in every single event at the games and you're going home with the $250,000 check. But how do you explain that in fighting? And so, so just so you know, my fighting background, my fighting background is I'm cannot stand any sports because it's, I think sports are a fucking waste of time to watch. But for some <coughs> reason I have this disgusting addiction to UFC and I haven't missed a UFC on a Saturday in I don't know how many years, right? It's not like, a sport it's not a sport it's the most it's the most it's the most primitive form in human 
in mankind. I mean, we've been fighting since we were created since as far back as we know, you know what I mean? Like it's not a sport, you know, you basketball was originated in X date. Football was originated on this date. Fighting has been here since the beginning of time. People have been fighting over food and, and, uh, and survival since mankind was started, you know? So this is, this is literally, it's, I always say this. And once again, you, I feel like you've done a lot of research on me, which is really cool. Uh, I, I, I say this all the time. Fighting is the most primitive thing you can have it's the end of the road. So like, this is kind of like one of the things for me is like, okay, like you can go back and forth. Somebody like, Hey, I have more money than you. I'm faster. You're stronger, blah, 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 blah. It ends with, I can beat you up. Like you can't top that. You know what I mean? Like no matter how much more, how much more money somebody has, if you can beat them up, that's like, it's the end of the road. You know what I mean? Like, like I could kill you if I want to. And that's it. You know what I mean? It's the ultimate metric for the pecking order. Mm Mm-hmm. Who gets to pick the if bananas from the tree first and who done. gets to fuck the girls? I mean, yeah, whatever it is you want. That's the, I you mean, get, it's the most you, primitive form of that. If 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 you can be, beat me up, you get to pick the cave, the girl, and which 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 banana tree um gives the fruit the fr- at the first. I mean, even t- take it a step right? farther though. Like if I can beat you up, I can kill you. Right. You know, I can do whatever I want to. I, I'll right. kill you if I want. You know what I mean? Like I can kill you. And right. that's what else, what are you gonna? You have more money than me. I can kill you with my bare hands right like that it's over there's no what is your argument to that i can kill you and there's no you know what I mean? it's, it's kind of stupid to sound but it's like no it's, it's just just to put it in context yeah, yeah just for context it's not like we're saying that's what it's about but it's to Correct. show like at, at this level this this component does exist in the sport on a totally different tangent i just want to go on a little rant here it, it reminds me these fucking people who like cross the street when when they say they have the right away or when they do things that they have the right away or when you flip someone off just out like don't forget it doesn't matter if you're right if you've been hit by a car or if someone kills you or like be staying alive is like the most important thing so that you can continue in the game do you know what i'm referencing like someone will just be like oh, i have the green light i'm crossing the street that motherfucker ran the red light i'm just yeah. going i'm like uh no i'll wait over here till the car's gone like i don't want to <laughs> yeah no i yeah no i know exactly what you're uh, yeah yes Yes. It's not that important to me. Cause listen, and that's another thing is we're talking about, uh, I was somewhere the other day and I was, uh, they, somebody was leaning over a deck and it was really high up and they're like, why don't you lean over? I was like, no, man, I hang around people all day. I know there's too much human error. I, I don't trust somebody to install that, that fucking balcony correctly. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I don't trust people. Yeah. I don't trust people. And, and plus, what's the risk to – so yesterday, a very good friend of mine sent me a picture of a woman. She had her two kids in a bathtub and, and then her newborn sitting on the bathroom floor, and she was doing lunges with a 20-pound dumbbell over her head. And like – and everyone was celebrating that this – this there's 400 comments saying that like, hey, look at this mom still getting in time to work out. No excuses. But all I saw was a 20-pound dumbbell over a baby's head, and I'm like, like I don't – the risk to benefit ratio is so out of whack there. And like people, my, my friends like, no, nah, I quit being like that. I'm like, no, nah, I gotta be like that. You got to protect the kids at all costs. I'm yeah. all for mama's working out. Like, but yep. fuck man. Uh, yeah, man. It's, I, yeah. and again, I'm talking to a guy that gets punched in the face for a living. No, man, it's really <laughs> not that. It's not that deep though, man. It no? really isn't like it's man. It's why I watch football on Sundays, man. Those guys are getting hit harder, way harder than I am. You know what I mean? They're getting hit by fucking science experiments. You know what I mean? Like I got hit by a dude that's the same size as me. You know what I mean? Like these guys are getting blindsided by, by 250 pound linebackers that can run a fucking four, three 40. 
You know what I mean? And that's the equivalent of a 35 mile an hour car crash. I'm not getting hit like that. Yeah. I, um, the NFL players I've talked to, uh, there was a, a lineman who played for like 13 years named John Wellborn. He ended up yeah. coming into the CrossFit space and he was basically just telling me about basically every game getting hit so hard by another guy in the head that you want to vomit. And that was just normal. That's that is they're literally getting concussions every single game, every game. And when you get a concussion on top of a con- like, man, <clears throat> this is a sensitive subject, but that's why you've seen a lot of these guys kill themselves and kill their whole families and shit like that is they're fucked up in the head, man. Like, and that's, man, that's something I'm really big on a style of fighting. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> it, it's kind of like style of running back. You're, are you evasive? Or are you a hammer? You know what I mean? Like if you're hitting, I'm not hitting people, man. I'm trying to go around people. Like I'm not, I don't want to get hit. I don't want those car crashes, man. Like that's not my style. And if you watch me fight, like I, I'm very, uh, evasive and, and, uh, I try, I don't get hit clean that often, you know? So, uh, I feel like my brain still works really well. I mean, I bet everybody says that, but you know, you can watch my fights. You know, I don't really get hit clean that much. How old are you? 35. Um, I'm surprised that to hear you say that you watch football just now that you have time for football. You have a, you have a family, you have, you have two families. I don't, well, I, I, I don't know if you compartmentalize them, but you basically have two families. Um, you have a wife and kids, and then you got this, this gym people who can't stop like just loving on you. And everyone is just yeah. says so many nice things about you. You have time to sit down on Sunday. Uh, first of all, um, I'm not married anymore. We just got okay. divorced. All okay. good. No, it's a good thing on both sides. All good. Okay. Still very cordial. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. Not on the divorce, but like no, respect and dignity with everyone is important, especially when there's kids involved. Yeah, we're, we're still great. Um, I wouldn't say that I have time to sit down all Sunday and watch football, but I try to like I, – I, I try to uh, follow it. You know what I mean? I follow it. That's better. I follow it. If I, if I have time, I, I will. Like I watched a little bit of the game last night because my son goes down at like 6, 6.30 – and my daughter wanted to be upstairs in a room by herself and watching her iPad. So I had a little bit of free time by myself and it's good for me. Uh, it's good for me sometimes to, to do that, you know, I, but I, man, I typically don't, I don't, you'll know, I won't just sit there and watch a whole game. Never, never, never. I, you know what I mean? I'm on my iPad working and I'm, it's on as I'm doing something else typically, but I'll follow it for sure. There's this term that word used, um, uh, sacrifice that's thrown around a lot. I sacrifice this, I sacrifice that. And for, and, it, and maybe it's just uh, my my problem with the word, but I don't like the word. I think like you have a choice to do what you want to do. Sure. Like I like 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 when I walk by the fucking croissant and cookie case today at the coffee shop, and I don't choose to eat one, I'm not making a sacrifice. Like yeah, I'm with that. Like, like um, and yet I hear someone. I I feel like when I. Uh, I, I know it's your personal life, but like, so you just said you just went through a divorce, but like, I don't think like your business is suffering. So I don't want to say that you made a sacrifice, but you've chose you, we, we have to prioritize what's important to us. Right. Definitely. And, and, and what's going to get us ahead for what we want and what makes us happy. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> man. And without going, without going into it, it's like, that's kind of the, you know, when you're with somebody for so long, I think you, we tend to grow apart. We're growing apart every day, right? Like it's, that's why marriages work is because you got to, you got to work together. And essentially what had happened with us is what was important to me was no longer important to her and vice versa. And that doesn't mean we hate each other. Like we're still, I still love her. She still loves me, 
we're very cordial with one another for the kids. We talk every day. You know, I still love her in a different way now, but we're still very, very cordial. And, you know, we just, our, our interests grew apart and it is what it is. How do you know how to do that? I think, did you I, have a role model? Like, how do you know not <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, like, what not like, to do? <coughs> uh, my parents are divorced. My parents are divorced and they're cordial tool too. Like we still growing up, we still did Thanksgiving and Christmas together. And like, I never saw them fight, but like, and I learned that from watching them. Right. Yeah. Like when I break up with girlfriends, I don't fight with them. Even if they want to like fight with me, like I yeah, just don't I, do it. I learned that as well. Uh, the opposite though. I learned what not to do. Ah. Know, uh, my, my, my mom and dad really didn't get along that much and I just didn't like it. You know, it was, uh, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a healthy environment. So, um, so you're like, fuck that. I'm not doing that to my kids. No, nah, man, it's not their problem. You know what I mean? It's not their problem. Uh, I feel like whenever you choose to have a kid, whenever you say, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to have a child and both mine were planned. Um, if you say, listen, I'm going to have a kid, or even if you don't plan on having a kid, but you, there's another choice that you make somewhere along the road to, you know, to do what you got to do without that. But if you make that vaginal choice, intercourse, you mean vaginal intercourse without protection? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you make that choice, you're essentially for me, you're, you're saying I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer living life for myself. I'm willing to live life for somebody else. And all my wants and needs come secondary to this thing that I brought into this world is now my responsibility a hundred percent. So just because, uh, my ex and I have problems, that's not my kid's fault. That's not their problem. That's not my kid's fault. And I'm not going to let that uh, affect their upbringing and oh, obviously to, to, to a degree, you know what I mean? Like I have to be happy and, and my ex-wife has to be happy as well because you know, there's a reason they tell you to put your mask on first before you put somebody else's mask on, because if you're not happy, you can't make somebody else happy, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially, you gotta, you choose to, to, to help this other person first. So that's, that's just what we're doing. We're doing what we agreed to, you know, and that's helping our kids become great adults and, uh, good people and that that our wants and needs come secondary to them uh, um uh, james said something in there that sounds really scary when you hear someone else say it about putting someone else um before you and i think that's why some people don't have kids or are afraid to have kids but i want to tell you something if you are ready for that in your life there is a freedom that you can't even fucking explain when you put someone else before you at all times there is um and you would be surprised how you step up to it like i hate being woken awakened in the middle of the night i always have don't fuck with me but if i wake up at three in the morning and like i hear a sound i go straight to my kids room now no no problem my kid i see my kids stumbling around the house that it two in the morning looking for the bathroom i get up and, and go in there with them and and rub his back way peas i mean and i'm like looking at myself like who the fuck is this guy like this yeah. isn't me but you will do anything for yep. these fuckers there's like, a certain level of love that you bring that is not you can't have for any other person or mom dad spouse it's just it's not there and uh it, it's only for your kids I, I do think that there's a special type of love that is reserved only for your kids and, and nobody else. And you can't really experience that or anything close to it until you've, you have your own kids. I wonder opinion. if this is, this is a bit of a stretch, but, but I'm, I'm open to exploring it. I wonder if fighters are more in tune with that because they're already more in tune with um, like the deep biological implications of having a kid and doing anything to, for them to survive. I wonder if they're more in tune with that because they're already in tune with the fact of just fighting for survival. Maybe kids will make I, you soft too, though, man. 
I don't recommend. I don't recommend fighter young <laughs> fighters have kids, man. I don't. They'll make you soft. Don't tell me. Hey, tell me you didn't get soft after you after you had kids. James, oh, well, so that's going to let, let me switch to our next thing. And, and it's, I was so excited to hear you say this because it made me feel better about my own, my own um, upbringing. But by the way, a guy named Dylan Vowell just gave 20 bucks to the show. Uh, thank you, Sevon, for getting fighters on, especially this legend. Um, can I ask James a question? How does amateur debut differ from pro debut? Is there anything unique in your approach to, to a fight? That's two questions. You got to give another 20 bucks for that second question. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I mean, it kind of depends on where you're at, really. State to state, the rules change, obviously. Like, in my state, elbows are the biggest difference. Pretty much the only, one of the only differences is amateurs can't throw elbows. Um, but – but, and this isn't, like, at, at, at the wide range, not at the beginning range, because you don't – I don't think there's a skill level between there's, – there's good amateurs that are better than bad pros. So it's not necessarily a skill level thing. But on a broader scale – the skill level is much different, you know? Um, and the thing that I, the thing that I tell about, about going pro is if you're on the fence about going pro and amateur, stay amateur. Cause you can always have another amateur fight, but once you make the decision to go pro, you can never go back. You can never go back. It's, it's so like, like your record can be 18 and zero, 47 and zero. And if you take one bad fight as a pro, you can start 0 and 1. And nobody gives a shit about the 47 and zero. So just make sure that you're ready from, from that step from amateur to pro. You know, you're ready. And I always have my guys take a really tough amateur fight because most high level amateurs are better than your lower level pros or maybe even mid level pros, man. Some of them are, you know, uh, sorry, my, I wish you guys could see what I'm, what I'm set up with right now. It's like a plant with my phone on this plant. Um, but, just testing yourself, you know, testing yourself physically, but, but most importantly, not physically, technically, because those are two things that obviously we're always trying to get better mentally. Like, like, have you seen some adversity in a fight? I always try to give my guys adversity. Like I want to see how you swim in deep water, you know, and that's, if you can swim in, in deep water, overcome some adversity. That's what I like to see before you take, take the professional level. Cause there's a lot of pros that aren't very skilled, but they're tough and they'll hang around and they'll take you to deep water and they'll test your mentality. And, uh, that's the biggest difference I think is, is some of those guys just don't go away. You know what I mean? And that's a big one. Is that, is, is deep waters when your mind is telling you to stop, but you're, but like, like I hear the commentators go, Oh, that guy's withering. Does that mean like you're letting your thoughts (laughs) dictate? You're tired. You're beat up. You're not making good decisions. Like the more tired you get, the more sloppy you get, the worst decisions you make. I mean, you're starting to melt. You know what I mean? Like your cardio is not there. You're going away. Your body language shows you, you know, shit. Like I want my guys to be mentally tough. I want them to hang through, you know, I want them to stay strong mentally. Like if you can overcome some mental adversity as an amateur, I highly suggest you do that before you go pro. Like, like Costa and Vittori, like that, that was crazy. Like you saw Costa wilt and then is that all just mental toughness? How he came back and fought another four, Mm -hmm. fought his ass off for four rounds. Yeah. I mean, that was nuts, right? Yeah. At that level, it's, it's at that level. I mean, it's expected, you know, not everybody has it, but that's expected at that level. I mean, those guys are elite level athletes, you know, they're top, top five in their, in their class. You know what I mean? Like you would expect that from those two. Yeah. It's mind boggling to me. So James said that having kids would make you soft and that would tell you something very interesting. So how different James and I are, James was, uh, 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 tough guy over here and he had kids and made him soft i was a fucking pussy and i had kids and it made me hard 
What do I mean by that? Like I was seriously knew that if I was sleeping in bed and I heard someone break into my house before I had kids that I would climb out the window. Like I knew, like I wasn't interested in hurting anyone, fighting with anyone, any of that shit. I had kids. I got a Bob. I started taking striking classes. Uh, I got a gun. And now when I hear sounds in the, in the yard, I get out my gun and I walk around the yard with my gun and my fucking flashlight. And like, and like, if someone, if you came into my house and like you were a threat to my kids, you'd have like, like it would be bad for you when my whole, and I don't even know how that happened. It wasn't a conscious decision, but like for me, it, um, but you think that's your natural role as a, as a, as a parent. Yes. Protect yes. your kids, protect you. I mean, that's biologically yes. wired in you. Right. But it's sort of the opposite. If you're already like you had already tapped into that before you had kids. Uh, I mean, I see where you're going with it. I, I kind of disagree, though, because like, I mean, dude, honestly, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with jumping out a window like you're just trying to avoid conflict. You're trying to avoid a, a, a life and death situation. There's nothing wrong with that. But now you don't have that option because you've you've checked a box that says I'm now obligated to protect this guy over here or this little yeah. thing over here. And I, I, I don't have the option anymore to jump out that window. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you could, if you're, if your kid was in your arms and you could safely jump out a window, no problem. Right. You would do it, but you, that's right. not going to happen. You know what I mean? So like now you're like, I got to make a stand because you are wired biologically in your DNA to protect your, your young, you know, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, wired in your brain to do that it's wired in all of our uh, our brain and not even us any animal it's wired to do that so unfortunately i see a lot of people not standing up for their kids these days it's really sad but different subject yeah uh um there in in one of your um i'm 49 and and i and i'm in in the last i've I've gone through quite the transformation the last 15 years basically i was raised to avoid discomfort at all costs i was raised in a hardcore liberal family i was raised to not enjoy sweating not you know but i did know hard work because i come from immigrants so you know like working 365 days a year 16 hour days no problem like grind but by avoid discomfort like not work out not 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 maybe it's it's kind of, I, I hate to make it political, but it was this really liberal mindset, like this just whole peace, love, hug everyone, peace is the answer, blah, 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 et cetera. And I, and I like it. I like the thought of it. And then I found CrossFit when I was 34, and the, one of the tenets of CrossFit that Greg Glassman, the founder, is, is that um, uh, suffering or discomfort at a super high level forces the body into really, really gnarly adaptation. And so doing 400-meter sprints is better than long-distance running because you get immediate adaptation without the risk of so much injury of running the marathon, for example. And as I, as I did more and more CrossFit, my mindset changed. And now I, I'm, as, as you've seen what's happened in the last three years in this country, what I call the victocracy has, is, is trying to take over. Um, and I believe that when you blame people or you're offended by someone, that's the opposite of enlightenment, the opposite of happiness. So if someone says, you big nose bastard, if I get offended by that, then it's like, that, that's my discomfort. But if I go, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. The bastard part's not right. Cause my dad, you know, my dad's still alive and around, but, but the big nose part's spot on, you know, and I just cool, chill. Yeah. Um, that's where all happiness is. And I, I heard, so you, I know you're wondering where this is going. I heard you say that you came from a victim mindset growing up. Definitely. Can you explain to me what that like? Is that is that like just like blaming other people? What is that? And and how did and more importantly, <laughs> how did you change? What what caused you to awaken? Yeah, I mean that the victim mentality would be 
it's uh it's never my fault um uh that person got lucky or uh no responsibility um place blame on others uh, it's any of that stuff you know what i mean um basically i, I think the, the biggest one is is accountability like there's no account of self-accountability and there's no self-audit uh but i had somebody kind of take me under their wing and really uh help me out with that gave me all the books to read and really did a great job helping me out with that and uh it changed my life you know i i started reading books that that talk about uh power positive thinking, uh, setting goals, what wealthy people do, you know, think and grow rich is a, is a great one. Just think and grow rich is essentially the study of billionaires and millionaires, you know, like who wouldn't want to do like the art of emulation is such a key thing. Like if you have, if somebody has something that you want, just do what they do to get it, act like they act. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like we're not reinventing the wheel here. You know what I mean? Like just, do what that person is doing. And it's such a simple thing. And just people don't do it. People like I have people that say, Hey man, like how do I get what you have? I was like, listen, you don't want the answer to that. I'm just telling you right now, you don't want my schedule. <laughs> Cause people, people will try, they'll try to hang and they never do. Um, it, it's interesting. You say that if you, if I would have told you, um, when you were, if I would have told a 20 year old James Krause, Hey, this is what your next 15 years are. This is the pile of work you have to do over the next 15 years. You to run the other way, man. It's not even, <laughs> I can't even begin to fathom what that even looks like. It's not even close, man. Not even, <laughs> I was a shithead, bro. Like it's not even close. It's I would, yeah, I would tuck tail fast. Um, uh, Dylan vowed, seriously, this guy just gave another 20 bucks and he said, that's an incredible detailed response. Definitely deserves another $20. Thank you for that. Um, how much does it cost for a shameless plug for my amateur debut? November 5th. It's done. Dylan, tell us where and how we can watch it. And I'll read that off too. Um, James, I know I don't have a lot of time with you. Um, I, your show that's pick the pros pick the, the pros pick show, the show's pro pick show. How long have you been doing that? And how did you, how did you, um, why, why and how and the reason why i ask, well i'll tell you why i ask after you tell me so uh actually that show is brand new we just uh i was doing a show with espn and it didn't end up working out uh they, anyway long story short nick and i st- uh, started this uh this new this new show it's doing really well and i had i built kind of a following from the espn show and, and people were hitting me up for for betting picks it's something i'm pretty good at and, uh, yeah, so we give, I give my best pick out, uh, for every card and it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool deal, man. Like I've, I've done really well in uh, betting on him and man, it's the only thing I bet on. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. And, uh, yeah, we've done it. I think this will be our third week doing it. Okay. If something, if something happens and that show falls out, I want to do a show with you. Okay. Okay. I know we just met. But I'm telling you, I want to do a show with you. Um, uh, Glover and um, 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 uh, Yawn. Blah, 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 uh, yeah, y- y- Yawn. Um, uh, I get my – wait. I'm, I'm getting them all confused because of – because of Jan also on the card. Peter Jan and Jan Blaschewitz. Jan, 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 yeah. Um, you picked um, you picked Glover, right? No. No, you picked Jan. 
Okay. Um, is that because, so, so I, I feel like it, and I'm, like I said, I'm no fighting expert. I'm just like, just pure fan. But I feel like what you see happen to Glover is someone punches, this is going to be so crude. Someone punches Glover. He gets knocked out. As he gets knocked out, he falls on top of you and wins the fight. I mean, you, you know, kind of, what <laughs> there's more to it than that, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he tends to get hurt first and then he comes back, grapples people, takes them down. They, they get tired trying to hurt him, trying to hit him. I just don't see Jan getting tired, uh, and he's got real power. He's got some really good power. Uh, he's a champion for a reason. I don't. I just don't see that happening with him. Uh, I see him if he hurts Glover. I think he's going to put him away. Okay. What about the fact that he just had a kid and make get having kids makes you soft? And does he have any business bringing his kid to the fucking fight? I mean, I love the guy. I also love Glover too. He used to be a CrossFitter. I filmed with a few times back in the you know 15 years ago. I want Glover to win. Um, so maybe I'm just biased. Uh, I'm not big on the on the kid thing, but everybody's different. Like Tim Elliott is dude. I coach one of my really good friends. Uh, he doesn't mind bringing his kid. He doesn't anymore, but he used to, it doesn't really bother him. You know, it's, it, it affects everybody differently. There's no way I could ever bring my kids. Not a fucking chance. Um, I'm not big on that. You know, whenever the, you're talking about in the, in the medieval times when they went to duel to the death, you didn't bring your kids, you know, you left the women and children at home. You know what I mean? They don't need to see that stuff. Uh, not to sound sexist or anything like that. I'm not saying the women have to stay at home. That's not what I'm getting at. You don't bring your kids to stuff like that. That's just anyway, but I agree. I agree. Yeah. If you don't, it's just, man, I'm not trying to have my kids see me get knocked unconscious or anything like that. You know, uh, I, I, I think, I think having kids will make you soft over time. And that doesn't, uh, I think kind of is like a, it just chips away at you. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think it'll be a, a problem here though. Uh, Dustin Gregory, I love the chemistry y'all have, even though you guys just met, you definitely need a show together, dude. I'm giving, I am courting fucking James Krause, like a motherfucker right now. I'm giving, I'm glad you like the show because I feel like shit right now. And I feel this, like I'm doing a terrible interview. This is as real as I can get. And, uh, James teaches someone about MMA. I know, I know I would, what if I could have him on once a week and just pick his brain <laughs> and shit. Okay. Um, um, you pick, uh, so I want, I want, um, San Hagen to win too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 um, I don't think Peter Yawn, I mean, I, I know that you guys aren't supposed to think like this, but I don't think Peter Yawn is human. He's really good. He's really good. But I'll tell you what, Aljamain look, made him look really human in round one of their first fight. And I think San Hagen can pick out him, uh, and do that for five rounds. I think it's going to be a really competitive fight back and forth. So what happened to Aljamain? You think he got tired? That was cardio. Yeah, he's not a striker. He's a he's a grappler, man. He doesn't have that that type of cardio to keep that type of that that volume of striking up for twenty five minutes. And uh, Saint Hagen does though. Um, uh, can, can I can I go to the following car- next week at all? Sure. Fine. Uh, what about uh, Gaethje and Chandler? Uh, I mean, are I, you just first of all before you tell me what you think? Does that like do you get excited about fights? Like, oh yeah. All right, so when you see that, are you like, oh shit? Oh yeah, that's a fun one. That's like a, you're not supposed to mix oil and or water in a yeah, hot oiled pan. There, <laughs> like there's there's violence written all over that. I like that. That's a fun one. Um, I'll be honest. I have I have Gaethje in that. Uh, I feel pretty strongly about that one. Is that because is 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 that um emotional for you? Is that is that because uh, no, it's not like just Chandler's the new kid or anything. I don't like know that. either one of these guys. I mean personally. It's extremely not I even I'm pretty unemotional when it comes to anything, but especially especially betting. Uh I just feel like Gaethje's a really tough matchup for Chandler. I mean, Chandler has the has the ability to smoke anybody, but I like the low kick from Gaethje a lot. And Chandler's shown in the past that he has difficulty with that. 
Uh, and I feel like as the fight progresses, Gaethje gets better and Chandler tends to fade a little bit. He's, he's tough at the start, but if Gaethje can kind of hide behind that, that high guard, I feel like prolonging the fight and making it and dragging out. Is that three rounds or five? Is that five? Oh, that's yeah. five. That's Is that main question. event? That's a good, no, it's not a main event. If it's three rounds, it's, it favors Chandler. Dude, I don't even think that's the co-main event. Do you know that? Get out of here. Yeah. No, um, it's gotta be. It's gotta be a co. No, no, they, they got they got a uh, they got the men's a men's championship fight, and that um is that Cole uh Covington Usman? Yeah, and then they got like a woman's a woman's belt fight. Oh, and that's then Whaley, I think it's Whaley that fight. That dude, Whaley that card is crazy. I'll pull it up right now. Whaley and Rose, right? Oh yeah, yeah. How 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 amazing is Rose? Is yeah. Rose is a Go, tell me how amazing Rose oh, is. Like, she, like as, I mean, as a fan, incredible. I'm like, I'm just dumbfounded by her. She's incredible. Both those women are incredible. Uh, I, I got to watch uh, Whaley and Joanna uh, in person. I was front row for that fight. Was, I mean, shotguns going off the whole time. But Rose, Rose is just so dynamic with her striking. She's so elusive. I mean, she's a sniper out there. It's, it's a really, really good fight. I mean, that 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 card is insane. She's special, right? Very, very, very good. Uh. <laughs> Dylan gave another 20. Dylan, you got to stop. You got to, you're going to go broke. Let's go, Dylan. James perspective on life and insight as a father is amazing. I 100% agree with uh, Mr. Gregory. Thank you so much for you both. No problem. Someone said the fight's three rounds, Chandler and Gaethje. Really? If it's three rounds, that does help. That does help Chandler. I will say that if it's five rounds, I lean, I lean Gaethje heavily, but three rounds, I think helps Chandler quite a bit. Um, if you go to be mass chaos though, no doubt. It is. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and, 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 and I, and I, I, I'm almost feel bad saying this, but I, I really hope Colby wins too. I really, 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 I just like his work ethic. I mean, I think Usman's just a terror. I, I don't, I have no disrespect to him, but I just love Col. I've always been enamored by Col- Colby's. I'm different on that. I like, uh, I, if it doesn't matter to me, I mean, Colby winning would be cool just to shake up the division. You know, he's a shit talker. It would it would cause some chaos in that division, which I really like, you know. But I'm indifferent on it. Um, if you're in the corner and when one of your fighters takes a fight and you don't think he's going to win, what do you do with that thought? Don't take it. <laughs> no. <but laughs> do you tell your fighter that, or I mean, do you just try to push it away? Do you just like move on to the next thought? I would just say it's a really tough matchup for us, man. Like. I've said that. This doesn't make sense. You know, if you if you're going in a fight, you can't. You don't think you can win. What's the point? You know. You did you ever take a fight you didn't think you could win? Never. No. Never. But you kind of think you can win every fight. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, it, do, should you already be at that place in the UFC? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You have okay. to, be, man. You have to be. So, so, and that's why you see the weird things. Um, like, uh, I don't know if it was Vitor, but, uh, I forget who it is, but it was, um, Tony Ferguson and, and, and one of those big guys, you know, sitting at a table and you see Verdum. Tony's not backing down. Who was it? Fabricio Verdum. Okay. Verdum. Yeah. And they're going at it. And like, part of me is, is like, yeah, like, I guess Tony just has, is in that mind. Like, even if it doesn't make sense to us, who are watching, he's Tony's not saying anyway. no to nobody. What? He's batshit crazy anyway. Like, like legitimate. Oh yeah. Like, like you've hung with him and it's it's not... No, it's like not I don't a, hang out with him. Fuck no, he's crazy as shit. 
It, like um like uh scary crazy like if you're somewhere with him like he could just a fight could just break out like one of those people you don't want to go out with not like that like he's got screw loose for sure i wonder i wonder if it was loose before fighting or if it got i think it was before it, like i met him 10 years ago and he was crazy as shit then but the the it's for sure taking a toll on him damn uh is the ufc the gold standard definitely it, so so when someone like but there are but the, but the best fighters in the world could they still be over at Bellator and we just don't know because they have to come to the UFC. There's some for, good guys over there for sure, but I I personally don't think that I'm trying to think of a guy that's over there that is better than like look at Bader. Bader was a two division champion over there. I mean, he was top fifteen in the UFC, but he wasn't. You know, uh, try to think. I just don't. I don't know if there's anybody over there that could be. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to see, like if. And if, even if they were, what you're saying is, is that you just can't say it because there's just too many good guys at the UFC. I mean, like, like you AJ have McKee, to. Are you telling me AJ AJ McKee's going to be Volkanovski or Holloway or Ortega? I just don't think so, man. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. How nutty! How nutty is that division too? You have someone like Max Holloway who just—it's nuts, nuts, man! It's completely nuts. Hey, what about that fight with Max and Calvin Cater? When you see something like that, are you like, "Hey, that shouldn't have happened. That's just too many punches for a fighter to take." Like, I didn't enjoy that as a fan. Like, I start to get—I start to get uncomfortable. Listen, bro, when you sign up for it, it's a fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was still moving. He was still there. Yeah. It's a it's a tough one to call because he's still conscious. He's still defending himself. He's still there. He's just getting hit a lot. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? You stop it. You stop it when he's still defending him. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's, right. It's a tough. That's a tough one. That 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 um, Sugar Shane fight was the same thing. Uh, he he fought that guy who took the fight at the last minute. It was the guy's UFC de- debut. Um, you know the guy with the big fro, the 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 guy who's all the hype in the one thirty five class. You know what I'm talking about um, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Sorry, Sean yeah. O'Malley. Yeah, um, uh, did, that fight that he had with that dude. Do you know which fight I'm talking about? The green hair guy. Yeah, that guy started to bring in round three though. They sh- that one they maybe should have let go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's different. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard to you have to look at every fight as an individual basis. It's really difficult to compare. Um, when I when I watched your highlight reels as a fighter, when I watch your um uh, videos as a coach. The the thought came to me that you're really brave with your words, that you're not you're not a um, you, you you take risks in the corner. You say stuff to them that, um, with a with a candor that like like I, I do you ever wonder like maybe if your honesty could backfire, or do you ever second guess what you're saying because you are so brave with your words? Man, can you give me an example? Uh um this big this big guy I feel his last name starts with an m marquez i think so he was the guy that you weren't friends with and, and you slowly built a relationship and now you guys are pals julian marquez um and you're in the corner and uh you're basically and, and then there was another guy a blonde haired guy you're basically just uh a, a lighter weight guy than that guy marquez and you're basically like hey fuck nut you better go out there and like knock this fucking dude's head off it, it stop fooling around we didn't basically yeah. come here 
you have no choice now. And like, you're just telling them what they have to do. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's almost like you're playing a video game, but it's someone's life. Do you know what I mean? Like you're giving them a directive and like, you have to be so sure. I feel like you have, would have to be so sure about what you're saying to tell someone to do it. Cause like we said, it's the fight game. It's, I was sure it's, it's the end of the road. I was sure. And you got to know, you can't talk to every athlete like that, but I know Julian and I know I can talk to him like that. And I know that's what he needed to hear. And that was the reality. The reality was, is as soon as I walked back to the corner, I said, you got to knock him out or don't fucking count. And that was where we were at. We were going to lose if we didn't finish him. You know what I mean? So that that's what he needed to hear, whether he wanted to hear that or not, that's on him. You know, my job is not to, my job is to coach the athlete to the, to the best possible chance of success in that fight. And, uh, I know my, I know my athletes really well and I know which ones can handle harsh talk and which ones can't Julian can. And, uh, I knew that and I knew that he, we needed to finish or we were going to lose. And that's, so yeah, I, I, I was a hundred percent confident in saying that has it backfired on me before. I'm sure it has. Uh, but I don't really, it's it's one of fights more times than it's backfire. I mean, I can tell you that right now. It's one of fights we were down in more times than than not. So, on on my podcast, I say uh, um, a lot, and on my Instagram, I tell people, "Listen, you fat motherfuckers, you better stop eating added sugar and refined carbohydrates. No one who doesn't eat added sugar, or refined carbohydrates, has died from COVID. Not one, not one fucking healthy person has died. So you fat fuckers better get the fucking work." Start showing some discipline. Quit drinking soda and get on scale. And my wife's like, hey, man, like that's a bit harsh, man, calling those people fat. Like, And I'm like, dude, it's life or death now. It's not like I'm not I'm like and if, if if you need like your hand held like I'm not then I'm not the right podcast or the right yeah. Instagram account for you. But like it's serious. I mean, they have the choice to choose you, though. Yes, yes, yes. And, the, and, and your fighters have the choice to choose you. Yeah. And if they don't like what I'm saying, they can get the fuck down the road. Yeah. Do you not? And and you and it sounds like from the videos I've seen um, of your of the, of the gym, you make that very clear in the gym. Very clear, very fucking clear. And that's listen. I mean, what am I supposed to say? I'm supposed to go in the corner and be like, ah, you know, maybe we should we should probably try to finish this guy because you know we might we might be down. To, do we too? That's not leadership. <laughs> that's not leadership. Ooh, that's not leadership. You know what I mean? Like that's not a coach. That's not. There's no confidence in that. You know what I mean? Uh, successful people are confident in their decisions. They make quick decisions confidently. You know, that's, that's just, that's a, that's Say a that line thing. again. Say that line again. Successful people make quick decisions confidently. Um, you said something in an interview that I've only heard another, maybe I like you so much because you say so many great things that I say. Um, you said that um, you like being led. You yeah. like, you're the kind of person like, and I love being led. I love being around good leaders. People love, people crave good leadership. People yeah. I love good leadership. leadership. I had some amazing, I had some amazing leaders in my last job and I was just like one in particular. And, and you know, what's interesting. He was a military guy. He was a SEAL guy, a SEAL team six guy. And the thing is, is every, he came from a place where every decision was like life or death. Right. I don't know if every decision, but that's how I romanticize it in my own head. And like, so I liked it. There was no gray area. There was no niceties. There was no like, hey, motherfucker, stand there. If someone comes in without a wristband, tell them to go away and be here for the next 20 minutes and then move over to this position. And, and like, I just knew what to do. Yep. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, I, nobody, nobody's going <laughs> to, if you, if, if people sit, people have an automatic bullshit detector wired in their brain. 
And if they don't feel like you're delivering the information confidently, they're not going to trust you. Like they're not going to trust you. So listen, man, regardless of if I believe it or not, you're getting it. Like I fucking believe it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I do believe it 9.9 times out of 10. I believe what I tell these guys and I'm very honest with them. And you know, that, that I think that's, I think we trust each other. They trust me to give them the correct information. So whenever I deliver it to them, I got to deliver it to them with very, with clarity. There can't be any, that we're, we're, this is fighting. You know what I mean? Like we're fucking fist fighting, man. This isn't, this isn't a play. We're not running plays. Not as a basketball play. It's not a fucking passing route. Like I'm trying to hurt this person. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's the reality of it. And you can't compare other sports and shit like that to fighting. Cause this is not a fucking sport, man. Like they've, 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 uh, you use the term romanticized it into a sport. It's not a sport. It's a fucking most primitive goddamn thing since mankind. Like we're trying to kill each other here. It's a, it's a simulated murder is what we're doing. I like the way in one interview you said, so you drive a nicer car than me and your girlfriend's prettier than mine, but I can beat you up. Yeah. It's, now over. What? <laughs> it's done. I win. Yeah. yeah. Or I did beat you up. Um, how do you, what, how do you um, not damage um, your child's bullshit radar? So like you have kids, how do you make it so that your kids, you can keep that bullshit radar intact in them? Keep their, just their awareness intact <clears throat> or, or cultivate it. If it doesn't, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misrepresenting it, mischaracterizing it. Maybe it's a, not, not about keeping it intact, but it's about cultivating uh, someone who's in touch with that shit. I think being, being honest with them, you know, I, I, I think being honest with them, I don't, man, I don't press my kids on it. Like my life is not my kid's life. I try to teach them things that I feel like are important in life, not are not that are important to me, that are important in life. And they're able to take that information and do whatever they want with it. If, if my kid doesn't want to have anything to do with MMA, they don't have to. I don't, I allow them to create on their own. I allow them, you know, I try to give them all the tools and all the information and they can do with that what they want. I, I tell them what has made me successful and what I feel like is a good person and that's, that's, those are my definitions, my interpretations of what good people are, of what success is and, and what good human beings do. I, I try to give them that information, not by telling them, but by acting, you know what I mean? Kids don't, kids don't do what you tell them. Kids would do what you do, you know? Uh, so I, I just, I want to give them all the information and then they can do whatever, what they want, you know, but I try to be honest with them, uh, as much as I can, you know, like I, it, the world's a, pretty shitty place to be honest you know what i mean like i try to be honest with them and i try to give them the inf information and at least guide them you know i think think for me i look at parenting as kind of like a i'm kind of like a tour guide i'm not i'm not necessarily taking them to, to go this 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 like i'm just hey along the way this is over here if you want to check this out this is over here. If you want to check this out, I'm, I am guiding them through life. I'm not forcing them through life. And, and that's, I feel like that's, that's how you create trust with your kids. I like it. Um, you had mentioned that there was someone in your life about who, who helped you see the victim mindset and to shift your mindset. Um, was that person forced upon you or did no. you choose? No, no, they, they, gave me the option. And I, I was, it was something that I wanted that I craved. I wanted to be better. This person had something that I wanted success and I uh -huh. you know, had money, beautiful family, nice to drive, nice cars, had everything that I wanted. And I, I said, well, what do I got to do to get this? And this is, 
gave me all the tools and I started doing it, you know, like I started reading the books and I, I formed my own interpretations. Like he had some views that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I was able to have all the information and go with that. You know, it was, is it someone in the MMA scene? No, no. Wow. That's awesome. Well, for, for me, it was, it, I was in the workplace and I want, and I wanted to keep my job. So I just would just listen to this guy's fucking bullshit nonstop. And then finally one day I was like, oh, wow, this isn't bullshit. Yeah, this guy's like, on it. <laughs> like I'm starting to get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop being a defensive, you know, pussy yeah. and, and and listen a little bit. Like, like, I mean, however the information is delivered to you, man, you know, yeah. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. I just, it's, 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 it's interesting that, um, that you knew that you needed to be better and you went to it. Um, you talk about your, your, your your gym and your cohort and the guys wanting to be there when you see what's going on over at Daisy fresh. Are you familiar with this? Uh, okay. So there's this, do you know about the P- pedago um, uh, submission team out of uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois? Uh, you don't know about these guys. Nope. Yeah. You're too busy. You got to look these guys up. Daisy fresh. Okay. They're, they're basically just stormed. They've in the last 15 years, they're just slowly, I shouldn't say stormed on. Now it's become a storm, but they've worked their ass off to fucking basically take over the jujitsu scene. And what they are is, is this fucking guy, Heath Pedigo. And I bet you somewhere your paths have crossed. Um, he's old school. Um, he basically uh, rented an abandoned laundry mat in Mount Vernon, Illinois, total shithole town. Uh, and uh, basically let, laid it, covered the floor with jujitsu mats and started a jiu-jitsu club there. And these boys, it's like fucking Peter Pan, James. <laughs> these boys fucking come from all over the fucking country from the most harshest conditions, you know, like places where you drink Mountain Dew because you got no running water in your house. And uh, and and they just train jiu-jitsu there. And now they got like world champions. You never heard you, of this dude, the Hillbilly I, Hammer? I'm sure I, the the uh, the Daisy Fresh thing rings a bell. Now, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure I have. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with it, but I, I feel like I've heard the terms. So these are my words, not theirs. But these boys are fighting because I think they're they're fighting because they don't want to go back to what they came from. Right? They yep. lived in a trailer with an abusive mom, a drug addict de- stepdad, yep. and fucking no water and no bathroom. Right? And no electricity. Like, I mean, it's some. You can't even believe some of the shits from the United States, right? Yeah. And uh, it, it, and so you see what their motivation is. Yeah, they, they see an out, and it's through this jujitsu t- thing, and, and sleeping on the mats at the at the gym is no big deal, right? Um, what what is the motivation, like like for you for your gym? What is their motivation? I, like I know you've done a great job with leadership, and them they need to be accountable to you, right? And that's awesome. Yeah, but but is there is there any like common thread between all of them that makes them? like that like are they avoiding their past also some people are i think the i think the common denominator with everybody is is creating uh freedom freedom from whatever financials family freedom doing what you love every day you know uh i think i think uh people have seen the life that i've created for myself and a lot of these guys want that <clears throat> and uh you know, I think it's freedom. It comes with freedom, freedom to do whatever you want with your time. Um, and then obviously they're doing what they love to do every day. I think that's part of it. Um, freedom is the, is the answer, you know, whatever that, whatever they're trying to free themselves from can vary. Uh, some people try to free themselves from money, tough past, 
harsh conditions, uh, depression, all walks of life, whatever, you know, whatever it is, they're trying to free themselves and they do that through an outlet and their outlet just so happens to be beating people up. Mm. Uh, three pages of notes. I've had you for 55 minutes. I'm going to bug you again. Tell me when you, next time you're, you have fighters fighting. I have James Gallagher, uh, November 5th on Bellator. Okay. Dude, you're the man. Thank you. Appreciate you for having me on, bro.